0: Welcome to the TPS5 for the week of August 28th. TPS5 is a weekly recap of the latest in marketing, communications, and digital healthcare news as curated by the expert hosts of the Touchpoint Media Network. To learn more about Touchpoint Media, visit us online at touchpoint.health. Our lead story this week comes from The Atlantic and is called Long Haulers are Redefining COVID-19. This article discusses the long-term health issues that many people recovering from COVID-19 are facing. These issues can include gastrointestinal problems, severe morning nausea, fatigue, excessive bruising, erratic heartbeats, gynecological problems, sensitivity to lights and sounds, and even brain fog. Tens of thousands of people across the world collectively known as the quote-unquote long-haulers, have been suffering for months, often alone, unheard, and pummeled by unrelenting and unpredictable symptoms. It's like every day you reach your hand in a bucket of symptoms and throw some on the table and say, this is you for today, says David Petrino, a neuroscientist and rehabilitation specialist at Mount Sinai Hospital who has cared for many long-haulers. Of these long haulers, most are women. Their average age is 44. Most were formally fit and healthy, and they look very different from the typical portrait of a COVID-19 patient, an elderly person with pre-existing health conditions. It's scary because in the states that are surging, we have all these young people going out thinking they're invincible, and this could easily knock them out for months, Petrino said. Long haulers had to set up their own support groups and have to start running their own research projects. And they even formed alliances with people who have had similar illnesses, such as those with chronic fatigue syndrome. A British group, Long COVID SOS, launched a campaign to push the government for recognition, research and support. Nisreen Alwan, a public health professor at the University of Southampton who has had COVID-19 since March, suggests that experts and officials should agree on a definition of recovery that goes beyond being discharged from the hospital or testing negative for the virus, one that accounts for the patient's quality of life. We cannot fight what we do not measure, Alwan said. Death is not the only thing that counts. We must also count lives changed. Some studies have hinted at the lingering damage that COVID-19 can inflict. An Italian study found 87% of hospitalized patients still had symptoms after two months. A German study that included many patients who recovered at home found that 78% had heart abnormalities after two or three months. And a team from the CDC found that a third of 270 non-hospitalized patients hadn't returned to their usual state of health after two weeks. Now, for comparison, roughly 90% of people who get the flu recover fully within that time frame. These findings suggest that in the United States alone, which has more than 5 million confirmed COVID-19 cases, there are probably hundreds of thousands of long haulers. And many of them are still paying the price for early pandemic response failures. Many were unable to get tested when they first fell sick because tests were scarce. Others were denied tests because their symptoms didn't confirm to the list of COVID symptoms that we now know is incomplete. many long haulers also finally got tested weeks or months into their illness and the results were negative on average long haulers who tested negative experienced that same set of symptoms as those who tested positive which suggests they truly do have covid-19 but their negative result still hangs over them shutting them out of research and treatments even antibody testing may not help most existing antibody studies focused on either hospitalized patients or those with mild symptoms and swift recoveries By contrast, two-thirds of long-haulers who have had antibody tests tested negative, even though their symptoms were consistent with COVID-19. Without clear information from official sources, many of them are seeking answers from one another. Support groups on Facebook have thousands of members, and one Slack group founded within a wellness organization called The Body Politic has almost doubled in size since June to more than 7,000 active participants from 25 countries. The group's membership morphs as the pandemic spreads. For example, when Brazil had a huge spike, they noticed a massive influx of Brazilian followers. The long-term physical effects of COVID almost always come with an equally debilitating comorbidity of disbelief. Employers have told long-haulers that they couldn't possibly be sick that long. Friends and family members accuse them of being lazy. And doctors refuse to believe they even had COVID-19. The article terms this medical gaslighting, whereby physiological suffering is downplayed as a psychological problem, such as stress or anxiety. This is especially bad for women, and even worse for women of color. Doctors not taking our conditions seriously is a common issue, and now we have COVID-19 on top of it says Margot Gage, a social epidemiologist at Lamar University, who is also black. When she sought medical help for her symptoms, doctors in two separate hospitals assumed she was having a drug overdose. Many long-haulers have symptoms that resemble dysatomia, an umbrella term for disorders that disturb the autonomic nervous system, which controls bodily functions, such as breathing, heart rate, blood pressure, and digestion. Damage to this system, whether inflicted by the virus itself or by an overly intense immune system response, might explain why many long-haulers struggle for breath when their oxygen levels are normal or have unsteady heartbeats when they are feeling anxious. Things that were once automatic are now erratic. And more than 90% of these long haulers whom Petrino has worked with also have post-exertional malaise, in which even mild bouts of physical or mental exertion can trigger a severe physiological crash. And despite this, many of these long haulers try to push themselves because they miss their lives and the need to return to work. No matter the exact diagnosis, the COVID-19 pandemic will most certainly create a substantial wave of chronically disabled people. It might be hard to ignore this cohort because of the sheer number of them, the intense attention commanded by the pandemic, and the stories from celebrities such as the actor Alyssa Milano and the journalist Chris Cuomo. And while the act of getting better is frequently framed as a battle between person and pathogen, ignoring everything else that is happening in a public health crisis is impossible. From the disregard of doctors, the the misdirection of some politicians about the severity of this disease, public disregard for health protocols. Nothing about COVID-19 exists in the social vacuum. And as we learn more about this disease and the long-term impacts of recovery, it might be best to stop t- referring to the pandemic in the past tense and simply using mortality counts as an indicator of our country's recovery from this public health crisis. You can read more in our show notes. And now other news from this week. Fierce Health published an article entitled, Larger Hospital Physician Systems Didn't Lead to a Better Quality, study found. The study, published Friday in the Journal of Health Affairs, touches on the impact of increased consolidation among physician offices and hospitals that has occurred in recent years. Researchers measured how large interconnected systems fared on nine quality measures that included whether the systems adopted payment reforms. CNN Health featured an article called A Silver Lining to the Pandemic, At-Home Care Helps Patients Detect Life-Threatening Illnesses. With fewer in-person medical appointments and more virtual ones, patients are monitoring their health at home and catching potentially deadly signs and symptoms earlier, spurring a movement to get more monitoring devices into the patient's hands. The Ex published an interesting article about how the White House Chief Technology, Information, and Digital Officers called for federal websites to incorporate new schema.org tags about COVID-19, which is key to ensuring that COVID-19 resources and information surface online across search results. Lastly, be sure to spend a moment to take Girard's Digital Maturity Study. This simple survey is designed to help healthcare organizations determine where they are with their digital tools and digital thinking. The links to all these stories are in the show notes. And that's it for this week's TPS Five. If you like the latest in healthcare news in an email delivered weekly to your inbox, be sure to subscribe to the TPS Report, which you can sign up for on the Touchpoint Media website at touchpoint.health. Our thoughts are with those people impacted by the weather and environmental conditions over the past few months, including those in Louisiana, Texas, Iowa, Colorado, and California. Stay strong and stay positive and be well. We'll see you next week.